0: Well, I don't think people have ever been as excited to get back out into the world as we all are right now. Something like 80% of people in Allegheny County are now fully vaccinated, according to the figures I just saw. Things are starting to reopen. Things are starting to resume. Life is getting back to something that approximates normal. What did organizations that had to shut down during the pandemic, though, how did they cope with it, and and what are they looking forward to doing this summer? One of the organizations in our area is Yormon Valley Museum. That's the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center. The museum director, David Moore, is on the line with us this morning. Uh, Good morning, Dave.
1: Hey, Jason. How are you? Hi, everybody. Hi, yeah.
0: Uh, b- b- well, I'm good. Um, you've got you've had a couple of programs in person now already, uh, mask free. Uh, I think some of them were for for people who are are vaccinated now, and you've got a golf outing coming up. So it, it sounds like the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center is is getting back to normal.
1: Yeah, we're trying our best to um, you know, like uh, everybody else last year, we were kind of uh, you know thrown for quite the loop. We were shut down for uh, March, April, and May finally got back into the center in June before having to shut down again in December um and then January and February were so touch and go because we had covid cases within the center um so you know once March finally hit we were we were kind of starting around the corner like the country was and heading back to normal so we've had some um we've had a lot of virtual programming but we're starting to get back into our um in person programming now And we've had uh, one or two so far. We'll have another one uh, next Saturday or next Sunday, July 11th. And then, yes, uh, our our inaugural golf outing is set for Monday, July 26th at Yakagane Country Club. Um, So we're really, really excited about
0: that. Uh, Tell folks who are not in the area, because we do go out on a a couple of different radio stations that cover a a wide range of the Pittsburgh region. What is the McKeesport uh, Regional History and Heritage Center? It's right there kind of in the name, but maybe you should explain it. Give me the elevator pitch.
1: Sure. Um, So the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center is a small uh, nonprofit local history museum. Um, when it when it originally began, it started uh, just solely focusing on McKeesport, uh you know the, the the history of the town, the industry, the sporting figures and and the like and over the last forty years um, it's really started to to evolve um, both internally because of internal stuff and uh, some external stuff um, and now we, we we have the tagline we are your Mon Valley Museum. And uh the big reason for that is is, you know, we, we wanted to be more inclusive. We wanted to hit some of these other areas right around us that may not have historical societies or mm-hmm. uh more importantly, um their historical society has closed down sure. and their collection has come to us. So we want to make sure that, you know, those those areas are still being highlighted somewhere and those those artifacts and, and photographs and everything like that are still somewhere for some people to come and visit and see them uh, and see them on display and things like that. So uh, our museum has really um, has grown in the uh, almost three years that I've been there. Um, the exhibits are all, uh, for the most part, brand new. We have, I would say, probably eight or nine renovated exhibits at this point. Um, and we're also a big research facility. Uh, the majority of the people that walk through our door, come to do genealogical research, Mm -hmm. and we have access to um, Ancestry.com and Fold3 and Newspapers.com.
0: And cemetery records, don't you? You have a lot of cemetery records. uh,
1: We have have cemetery records, we have um, uh, funeral home records, and we are the only place where you can uh, view the entire catalog of the McKeesport Daily News starting uh, in 1884 up to the very last issue in December. 31st, 2015. We have every single edition on microfilm uh, for people to look at. Um, so uh, I would say the majority of our guests come in to, to do the research, but we do have quite the following for the museum, and especially for our programming. Our programming is a, is a huge part of who we are, and we're really glad to be getting back to in-person programming.
0: David Moore is museum director at the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center. That's located in Renzihausen Park in McKeesport. Uh, what's your website address, Dave? Uh,
1: it's McKeesportHeritage.org.
0: Okay, McKeesportHeritage.org. Um, and you're also on Facebook and Twitter and, and all of the usual social media, right?
1: Uh, yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram. I don't believe we have a Twitter page, actually. Um, but we're uh, we're very heavy on um, on Facebook more so than Instagram, but we're trying to grow our Instagram following. But the the majority of our followers can certainly be found. Can
0: we see you on TikTok yet, are You and uh, Teresa Trich, the uh, development director, are you like doing dances on TikTok now or no? uh
1: No, we have okay. no. I, I, right. I, I honestly uh, have <laughs> no interest in TikTok. That's okay. me personally. Uh, my, oh, okay. My fiance <laughs> loves it. My fiance loves it. um so I leave all the
0: tick-tocking to her. Okay. Uh, Dave Moore, as we mentioned, is museum director at McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center. We're going to talk a little bit more about their golf outing in just a minute. But you've touched, you have touched um, there a couple of minutes ago on a, several different things. One is, uh, I believe you have absorbed the collections from the Mifflin Township Historical Society. And several years ago, we actually took this show on the road to the Mifflin Township Historical Society, which was over there in West Mifflin. But I understand they... Have have merged into you guys? Is that accurate?
1: That is. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, they called us last spring. Uh, I would always say sometime in February, and told us that you know the time had come, and they were going to shut it down completely and 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 get rid of the building. Um, so we actually acquired their entire collection and the majority of the stuff they had in their offices uh, literally the week before the world shut down. Wow. Um, we were uh, we were at the center, you know, organizing and cataloging everything that we had gotten and uh we got the call that, you know, this was it, you know, Friday was gonna be the last day and then we shut down for two and a half months after that. So, um yeah, uh, it was uh it was a crazy time. Uh you know, trying to figure out what was going on in the world with COVID and then trying to figure out, you know, where to put all of the stuff we got from uh from Mifflin Township and and uh to catalog it and organize it and, and try to get it out on display. Um so we're we're doing our best. As of right now, everything is actually cataloged that we that we got from them, and we actually had it out on display until just recently. We just took it down after about six months. We had it up in our lobby, and we're going to try to kind of weave it into our grander overall our overarching exhibit yeah. now. Um, now that we're planning for a, a new exhibit to go up here in the next couple of weeks.
0: And that Mifflin Township, then, that would bring in uh, things from not just West Mifflin Borough, but Munhall, Homestead, Clareton, uh, all sorts of, uh, even, I think, maybe parts of even of the city of Pittsburgh. So would you say you are the Mon Valley Museum? You really are becoming the Mon Valley Museum.
1: We, we really are, yeah. yeah. The, the Mifflin Township Historical Society, they, uh, they, they represented 13 different boroughs, I believe, yeah. um, during their time. Um, so you know, between them and uh, Duquesne's History Center uh, or History Society closed down. Oh, uh, I want to say either late 2019 or early 2019. Oh boy, and, uh, we absorbed some of their stuff as well. So we really are uh, the one of the last shows in town when it comes to historical societies, especially museums in the Mon Valley. Um, at least on the local history uh, side.
0: Of. Well, yeah, certainly Braddock's Field uh, Battlefield Center. Um, we've we've talked to them uh, in the past, but they're more focused on that French and Indian War period. Let me ask you, uh, Dave. Um, what, what 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 is the diff- what are some of the difficulties for a, a local historical society? I'm assuming money is one of the obstacles.
1: Well, money is money and space are the two biggest okay. things that will always come into play. Um, you know, the other thing is is um, who is Who's taking the bull by the horns? Yes. Um, I, I'm very proud of our organization that we have a, a relatively diverse board, uh, and we have a board that's uh, you know pretty hands- on and um, you know the, the there's a lot to be said about that because they' they're what keeps us going, they're what keeps us growing and moving forward um, you know and unfortunately, for a lot of the organizations you know it's it's a set group of volunteers. Um, that are running the show, and unfortunately, Father Time catches yeah. up, and you know, they're either unable to do it anymore for physical reasons or they pass away. Uh, and then it slowly just kind of falls to the wayside, and then eventually they, they have no choice but to shut their doors.
0: Sure.
1: Um, so it's it, it certainly, you know, that's a big problem that a lot of historical societies. Um, are facing in the present time, of course, you know, COVID hasn't helped. No, because you know, we can't, ha- we couldn't have people through the door, um, and you know, a lot of the, you know, to be completely honest, a lot of our of our guests are uh, are elderly individuals. Yep. So, with the way the world was, even after things reopened, um, you know, we we didn't see the numbers that we would typically see day to day because people were still. You know very lenient to go outside or go to places that they didn't absolutely have to
0: absolutely um absolutely yeah you know,
1: so that that was a big that was a big struggle that not only we're facing but even huge organizations yep. like the the Heinz History Center. Uh, and, um, you know, other larger museums are facing that, those same issues right now coming out of COVID.
0: Let's pause right there. When we come back, let's talk about um, something else that you've touched on, which is the need for volunteers and for younger people to get interested in their history. And we'll also talk about how uh, your organization was able to pivot during the lockdown and, and do some virtual programming, okay? Sounds good. one two six seven eight six one nine one. Dave, before we took the break, we were talking about uh, y- you have recently absorbed a couple of other uh, local history museums there uh, at your museum in Renzi Park and McKeesport next to Penn State Greater Allegheny and McKeesport uh, Area High School. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the need for volunteers. You, you have a very small paid staff. I think it's you and what three other people who are, are part time.
1: Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, Gail is our, uh, is our only full-time employee. She's there every day. The center's open. Uh, Teresa and I are part-time, and then we, uh, we have a, a custodial person on staff. that um, They actually come in every night to make sure that the place is uh, sanitized and cleaned up uh, in these in these crazy times. We want our guests to be as safe as possible every day when they come into the museum.
0: What, what kind of a factor are volunteers for your, or your organization? What kind of a volunteer core do you have?
1: Uh, we would not be able to do what we do without our volunteers. Um, we have, we probably have a group of about 30 volunteers that are, are very consistently at the center doing stuff. Um, there's a couple that are there, you know, two or three, four days a week even that come in to help with the cataloging or, um, you know, to sit at the front desk and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, without our volunteers, we would, uh, we'd be a shell of, an, of, of the organization that we are. Our, our volunteers are key to, Everything we do, whether it's programming, uh, whether it is uh, in-house stuff with uh, genealogical research or collections or or anything um without our volunteers we we would have a hard time doing what we do.
0: do a lot of those folks tend to be and, and, and as I push uh, through middle age myself i'm I'm very reluctant to phrase this, but do they tend to be on the older side? Uh, a lot of the volunteers too
1: absolutely yeah, yeah, I would say the majority of our volunteers are uh, of retirement age yeah. or, or older um, you know i mean for for anybody that's still working it's it's very jo- hard to juggle sure. you know jobs and volunteering and, and families and things like that so you know the majority of our volunteers are definitely on the older side um, they're they're very good they do a lot of great work mm-hmm. for us um, but yeah for sure our, our 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 core is definitely an older group.
0: We're talking with David Moore. He is the museum director at the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center. You can find them online on Facebook, uh, or you can go to their website, McKeesportHeritage.org. Among other things that they've got there is uh, McKeesport's first log cabin schoolhouse, which used to just sort of sit out open in the elements, uh, exposed to the elements, but uh, the center several years ago built a building around it. So you can now walk in it and around it and through it and and see how kids uh, went to one-room schoolhouses back in the early 19th, century and late 18th century um what I, i'm gonna bring up a sad thing and that is you lost one of your board members recently who was helping bring in young people to your center he was a history teacher over at uh, mckeesport high school tell us about matt bauman who passed away recently
1: um uh, man i tell you it, it's there's not a person at the center that that doesn't miss matt he was such a wonderful man. Um, I absolutely loved when he came into the center, especially when he was bringing the kids over. Um, you know, he really, really cared about his students. He really, really cared about the center and the local history. And, um, you know, we're we're certainly um, devastated to not have Matt around uh, anymore. Uh, you know, he was just such a wonderful man. And um, we're trying our best to, to honor him with everything we do at the center. Uh, including our uh, our new educational program, which we just recently dedicated mm-hmm. and named in Matt's honor, um, which will hopefully be rolling out here in the fall, and we'll bring school kids in to do uh, historical classroom uh, programming to uh, you know, have them engage with us and, and teach them a little bit and still have fun at the same time, which is... Uh, you know what Matt always did when he brought his kids over. That they, they learned something, but they had a good time doing it.
0: Well, that's that is a good segue into the next thing I wanted to ask you. And and I'm, sadly, Matt is not here for me to ask him. And and I know you're not a school teacher, but what are some ways that organizations like yours can get younger people interested in history, so that? So many people get interested in local history when they go do their genealogy, and so many of us when we're doing our genealogy, like you said, we're we're approaching retirement age when we get interested in these things. So, so what? How was Matt so successful in getting his students interested in history, and and what are you hoping to carry on there?
1: Well, I think I, I think Matt was um, I think Matt was certainly relatable to a lot of the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he was uh, you know he was a younger man. He was, he was younger than forty. Um so I think he was still very relatable to a lot of the students who were you know anywhere from 14 to 18 years old. So I think they kind of looked at him in a different light than say an older teacher because they felt more that they could relate to him and they saw his passion and and his love for for local history and for the center. So I think that you know kind of got the kids interested too because you know he was you know um he was just so into it and and what we're trying to do is we're trying to to keep that going. We want to try to, you know, work with the local high schools, you know, not just McKeesport, but the other uh, schools in our area. We want to work with, uh, you know, with Penn State and other local universities in our area to try to bring in, um, you know, bring these kids in and, you know, have them have fun learning history. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing when it comes to, you know, you you said it perfectly. A lot of people don't get interested in in history until they start doing, you know, their own genealogy or they're getting close to retirement and they have a lot more time on their hands. I, I think that's the, I think that's the big thing about history. It it, it does require time. Yeah. And. Um, uh, ironically, think, ironically,
0: isn't it that history requires time?
1: It does. Yeah. yeah it is very <laughs> ironic. And I think that's the, I think that is one of the hardest things about attracting younger people is, you know, everybody's just so busy between school and jobs and families and things like that. It is hard to attract, um, a younger crowd to our, our building unless they are coming in a school group or they're coming in some sort of organizational group or, you know, they might, you know, maybe their grandparents or, or, or somebody is in town that wants to come and they come, you know, we're, we're trying our best to, to get, um, Younger people involved, and we think the school program will be a good uh, a good, a good first step that uh, you know, bring in school kids from as young as kindergarten to as old as seniors in high school. Um, our pro we're hoping that our programs are going to be um interesting, uh, informative, but most importantly, we hope that they're going to have fun with it and it'll give them a fond memory that they'll go home to their parents and be like, Hey, you know, we should really go down and check out this museum, it's really neat, and um. That's what we're hoping for uh, with this program, and uh, and and in everything we do.
0: Hi, hi. We have another break coming up, but before we take it, I kind of want to ask you: How has history changed? You know, I've, I've talked with Brian Butko, who edits the Western Pennsylvania History Magazine for the Heri- for the Heinz History Center, and you know, he's very interested in 20th century history, especially especially commercial or commercial archaeology or pop culture type Mm -hmm. history, Uh, it it occurs to me that that when I first started going to the McKeesport, what was then just called the McKeesport Heritage Center as a little kid, it was very focused on the sort of French and Indian War and 19th century history. About 20 years ago, there began to be an increased interest in the steel mill era and the steel heritage of, of the Pittsburgh area. But it seems to me now that kids who would be in high school, they would have completely no knowledge at all of steel making of of downtown business districts of anything like that you know they're, they're for them history might be going to the mall right am i right about that yeah.
1: uh yeah i mean in in all reality yeah i mean life is so different you know from in, in the from what it was 10 years ago let alone 40 years ago and even more so 100 yeah. years ago yeah um you, you know when it comes to history it's it's it's, it's what you make of it i i yeah. think is the best way of of uh, putting it you know everybody's going to have their specific interests um you know i mean obviously you know the the grand scheme and lo- of local history is interesting to me but you know like one of my big fortes is i absolutely adore golf history so i i focus a lot on 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 the history of of golf and you know golf course design and things like that and that's a personal passion of mine um you know but other people are interested in the steel mill or they may be interested in something very specific in history like you know the how barrels are made, or, you know, <laughs> what is the history of barrel-making? Glass-making, you know, whiskey-making, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and things like that. So, you know, everybody kind of has their own little niche. And, and, and in the museum, since I started renovating a lot of the exhibits, what what I want people to focus on the most is people. I, I feel like you have much more... Um, much more ownership of history when you can put a face to it, mm-hmm. and when you can put somebody's personal story to it. So when you walk through our exhibits, um, you're going to walk away, sure, with the grand, you know, general history of you know what World War II was, or you know what um, you know what business, or what the steel industry was, and you know what were the major players and things like that. But what I really want you to walk away with is stories of individual people. So when you walk through our exhibits, almost every single one of them is going to highlight individuals from McKeesport or surrounding towns in the Mon Valley, and you're and you're going to hopefully learn a story about an individual that you had never heard of before you walk through our doors, and you're going to take it away when you walk out our doors and realize, like, wow, like you know. This person did this from this town. I'm from this town. Maybe I can do something like this. And hopefully, you know, learning these people's stories will spark the next generation to do great things as well.
0: We're going to pause right there. David Moore is our guest this morning for a few more minutes. He is the museum director at the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center. We're going to pick up on this whole golf theme, Dave, hint, hint, uh, just as soon as we take this break. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview, or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Uh, Dave, before we took the break, you kind of nicely sl- slid in there uh, the the phrase golf the, the and you did okay. you, you did a series uh, when the Heritage Center, like everything else, was forced to close to the public for uh, however many uh, weeks. There, you started doing some fireside chats on facebook and you looked at the history of golf in western pennsylvania where does this passion for the the history of the sport of golfing come
1: uh... i grew up playing golf since i've been playing for a little over twenty years now i was probably eight or nine years old when i first really started playing more seriously um... i grew up on a golf course my stepfather was was a professional uh... teaching pro and uh, I just fell in love with it, you know, from an early age. And then it really sank in when I went to my first pro tournament to watch the, you know, the likes of Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and stuff like that. And with my general love of history, um, golf history has always been um, very interesting to me. The, the You know, the, the, the figures and, you know, the, the courses and, you know, how the game spread and started and, you know, why courses are designed the way they are, everything about golf has been uh, a major part of my life and and has continued into my professional career um, as well. So um, I don't know where I'd be without the game, to be completely honest with you. I'd be probably a very, very different person. What, uh,
0: golf in western Pennsylvania, it seems to me, you had this large influx of um, Scottish and English and Welsh people. Uh, Andrew Carnegie being among the most notable uh, in Mon Valley history. And I'm assuming these are the folks that brought golf to Western Pennsylvania with them.
1: Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it really was, um, you know, all the uh, the immigrants that really brought the game to America and brought it to Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh is, in um, Western Pennsylvania, arguably is one of the biggest hubs for golf history uh, in in the history of the game. You know, New York and Philadelphia and Boston you know three of the biggest metropolitan areas when golf was first introduced in, in the late eighteen eighties in america um, you know obviously they get a lot of the headlines you know a lot of the be- you know the most premier courses are along the eastern seaboard and and, and particularly around those towns uh-huh. but when it comes to pittsburgh i mean in western pennsylvania as a whole you've had multiple national champions mm-hmm. uh... both amateur and professional you've had well over 30 national championships contested in the back, in our backyard, whether they're U.S. Opens, PGA championships, U.S. amateurs, U.S. women's amateurs, uh, Ryder Cups, Curtis Cups. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a great golfing, uh, community. It has a very rich history that a lot of people don't know. Um, and I'm trying my best to, to promote it, um, as best I can, I work with local country clubs to pre- present and prevent or preserve and present their history um, and just with the general public, I try to do as much as I can to to bring it out too So when we were in quarantine um, doing some sort of interactive uh, video with uh, with our membership, um, you know golf just made the most sense that I could sit there and talk about it for nine or ten weeks or however long it went.
0: Well, that segues nicely then into it seems so appropriate for a history and heritage center to be having a, a golf outing. Uh, and the McKeesport uh, Regional History Center is having one at the Yakagini Country Club. I believe it's on July 28th, you said. Are you organizing that? Was this your idea, or did you uh, have to twist any arms? How did you do?
1: Well, one of our board members has been uh, has been asking for a golf outing for a number of years. And when I was actually interviewed the first question that was asked to me was from him and he asked can you run a golf outing with your background and i said yes we we can certainly do it um <laughs> but obviously we were supposed to do it last year with covid mm-hmm. and we just didn't feel comfortable holding it last year so we pushed to this year um so on july 26th it's a monday uh the heritage center will host its inaugural heritage golf classic at Yakagani country club and um it's it's going well. We're, we're, we're hoping that we're going to get a lot more golfers um, signed up and uh, involved, um, and we hope that you know those of you that are listening and have an interest in the game uh, will uh, join either for golf or just for dinner uh, on the 26th. That way, you know, we can help spread the word of the Heritage Center. We can help spread the word of the history of golf in Western Pennsylvania. But every penny – uh that is donated whether that's for participating or through silent auctions or sponsorships of our event, every penny goes back into the Heritage Center uh to preserve and present your history, your stories, um, through our exhibits, our programming and our genealogy research. So um, you know, every uh everybody that partakes is helping um, to promote our mission and to um, preserve your your own history
0: when do they need to sign up when do you need uh people to to get their registrations in
1: so uh our cutoff date is going to be wednesday july 14th okay um so you can you can sign up on our website uh mckeesportheritage.org and right at the top of the the home page there there is a link uh to the heritage golf classic um it is 125 dollars per golfer uh, for some, obviously $500. And if you're just interested in coming for dinner, it's $40 for dinner. And like I said, every penny, uh, of that, uh, goes back into the Heritage Center.
0: Dave, uh, good luck, uh, coming up on July 11th and, and good luck with the golf outing too.
1: Uh, Jason, thank you for everything. Happy to do it. Um, and thank you everybody for, for participating, uh, in our upcoming events and uh, those that you've participated in, in the past. Thanks for everything.
0: You, you can find them at McKeesportHeritage.org. And thank you all for listening today to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link.